1: I'm going to
2: tell you, until you get this principle, you will never be free. Here's the principle. you got to know it with every fiber in your being. And you got to believe it, and you got to trust it. Here it is. God knows what is best for us more than we know what is best for us. If you can't come to an understanding of that, you'll always be frustrated in your life. Always.
0: We value being in control of our lives, and we tend to guard that right jealousy. When we give our lives to Christ, this is often one of the most difficult areas to relinquish to God. It's also hard for us, who are used to the chaotic nature of living, to grasp the idea that God actually has a plan for our lives, and can reduce or remove the feeling of bedlam in our lives. Pastor Mark is teaching about the life of Joseph. He had really awful things happen to him, sold into slavery, moved hundreds of miles from his home. Joseph succeeded because he trusted God in spite of the chaos in his life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapters 46 through 49 with part one of his message. Real freedom in action.
1: Let us hear your lessons
2: for Let's turn in our Bibles to the book of John, chapter 15. Little Rock, Arkansas. Dr. Jonathan Drummond Webb, age 45 had a gift for fixing heart defects in the tiniest of patients. It made him one of the best in the business throughout the whole world. But apparently, that wasn't good enough for him. Drummond Webb killed himself on December 26th, three days after performing another incredible medical miracle. The successful use of a miniature heart pump that kept a 14-year-old boy alive until an organ transplant was made available. The 45-year-old surgeon did some interesting things. I read to you from the actual coroner's report. Here's what we know. Early in the morning, the day after Christmas, Drummond Webb pushed a sofa against the door in his home office. Swallowed five tablets of Percocet and drank almost a fifth of bourbon. He wrote a no post mortem note and an expletive and pen on his right hand before lying on the floor, putting on headphones and drifting off by listening to music. In his handwritten notice, the suicide note, he said to the coroner, I took an overdose And there's no need to violate my body. Then he left a five-page profanity-laced suicide note. Here's what he wrote in one sentence. The expletive, the talent, every day, my life, a living hell. These people don't care for me. I have a gift to save babies. The world is not ready for me. And then he launched into this bitter and profane note about many of his colleagues. Hurts of the past. No hope. Did anyone ever share with Dr. Drummond Webb that there was hope? Did anyone ever share that there was even more hope for him in his life than he would give to, well, the parents of his pediatric patients? As he performed miracles, he performed and gave them hope. Did anyone ever share with this incredibly brilliant, talented young man that life didn't have to be day after day after day living hell? We begin this series with this truth. Life is painful for everyone. Some hurts are unavoidable. Maybe the doctor never heard these principles. Maybe he didn't understand that life brings hurts. They're unavoidable, but they certainly can be dealt with. We learned over the last four weeks, four keys... How to deal with our hurts, our sins of the past. I won't take time, obviously, this morning just to run through them quickly. Number one, step one, stay in relationship with God. That's the whole key. Number two, learn the practice of real forgiveness. Releasing that person who's hurt you and you find out that the person that was really in prison wasn't them, was you. Number three, learn the practice of forgetting. Quit living in the past. We learned that forgetting didn't mean I don't understand the hurt. It just doesn't bother me anymore. And last week, a key. Live in real freedom by simply renewing our thinking with the truth of God's word. We learned how to do that. Now, over these last few weeks, literally thousands of you have been freed of past sins and hurts because you've been applying... The truth of God's word. It's wonderful. I've heard stories from some of you. Some of you have stopped me and said, I've been 50 years old. And I can't believe it. It's been 40 some years I've been bound in this. I'm free. Why did I wait so long? So it's been wonderful. Think of all of us that have been freed. Raring to go. Excited. God's done so much in our heart. Here's the question. Now what? What do I do with it? Is that it? Is there anything else? Well, there is. That's why week number five, put it down. Step five, put real freedom into action. Here's a principle I have to give to you so you'll understand. These five steps that we've given you over the last five weeks are a unit. They work together you cannot separate one of them and do the other four and be free. It will not work. Now, here's the problem. Many of us, we've got the first four down pretty good. We like it. We've forgiven. Our sins are gone. The hurts from people in the past, church situations, marriage whatever. It's all gone. And that's where we stop. Let me say to you very clearly this morning. If you don't take this series to point number five, if you don't put your freedom into action, and we're going to show you how to do that, you will never be free. You can have the first four down. You can have all those things taken care of, but you'll be miserable your whole life because this fifth point is the one that takes it and puts us where God wants Now, there are some principles I want to give you this morning. First one is this. God has freed us so we can be the person he created us to be. You see, I'm uniquely gifted. So are you. Every one of us have been gifted by God. And he has a design for your life and for mine. Ephesians 2.10 says it like this. For we are God's workmanship. In other words, we're still being worked on by God. Anybody here being worked on by God this morning? Those of you who haven't raised your hands, you just don't know it, you are. And God's working to make us more like him. So notice, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. When did he have that plan for me? Well, here it is. Which God prepared in advance For us to do. When you were in your mother's womb, God's plan for your life, unique just like your fingerprint, already complete. You see, for many years in my own life, I was active in a church. I've been teaching since I was in high school. I taught all through college. I've been in church teaching forever, small groups. You know my background, hospital pharmacist for almost 30 years, director at Woodstock for 25 years. All of a sudden, at the age 49, God woke up one day and says, mm, I have a different plan for Balmer now. No, he didn't wake up and do that. I woke up and discovered it. He said, we're going to take a little right turn. Let's see, Merritt Island, actually, we're going to go south. We're going to leave Merritt Island and go to Melbourne. And you're not going to be in the hospital field anymore. Say what? Well, that wasn't second thought to God. He always had it in mind. And so here I am. No different than before, still serving God, just in a different way. So here's the principle. You have to get it this morning. I'm going to tell you, until you get this principle, you will never be free. Here's the principle. You got to know it with every fiber in your being. And you got to believe it and you got to trust it. Here it is. God knows what is best for us more than we know what is best for us. If you can't come to an understanding of that, you'll always be frustrated in your life. Always. So God's plan for me, created before I was even born, in front of me, my option is better than any plan I could sit at home and devise and work up. Now, why is it hard for me to get this principle? One reason. Because Satan, we are in a spiritual warfare this morning. There is a real Satan. He's not behind every bush, but he's real. His goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't want me, number one, to know God's will. And certainly, he doesn't want me to do it. So, Satan is the master because he's a liar. He's the master at this thing I called Deceptive marketing. Through television, all kinds of things, this is what Satan says. Well, the place, the kingdom of Satan, is where all the fun is. And the kingdom of God, gloom and doom and woe is me. He said, Come on. Well, this is a great Sunday to show you the principle. The reason sometimes I struggle is because I listen to that false advertising. This is Super Bowl weekend. I guess a couple of you might know that. And I love football, and I'll be at somebody's party tonight. I don't know whose. And I love watching at pro sports, especially this. I don't have time to do much of it, but I like this one because I'm just into that. Now, you know, 20% of the people turning on tonight are not even interested in the game. They want the commercials only. million, and that's what they're going to watch. Well, we've seen great commercials. Some of them are really good. Some of them, praise God, we just have to turn off and come back on. But the deceptive advertising is there. You know, two companies are known for their advertising, Pepsi. And the other one, you know it. I hope you don't have a keg at home on it. That was a little weaker than the first thing. Hmm. Maybe I'll change. No, I won't. All right, here. Here. If you mention Christmas and you mention Clydesdales, does anything come to your mind? There's the Budweiser Clydesdales in the snow. just And it's, it's beautiful. And you see them and the bells are ringing. Can you see them? You can see them. And there comes the big Budweiser right out. And it says all the fun is right here. I've never seen ad number two right after the Clydesdale. It's a man or a woman. The next morning... Over the toilet, blah, 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 blah. Have you ever seen it? I won't ask if any of you experience it, I can already tell. See, it's deceptive advertising. It's a Michelin weekend, it's great. Have you ever seen ad number three? Two cars, mangled, smoking five teenagers dead because the designated driver was drunk. Real? Mm Mm-hmm. Ever see it? Mm Mm-mm. Why? Because Satan is incredibly deceptive. So I have to go past that deception to the truth. And the truth is, I already told you, God has a plan for me that is good. The kingdom of God is incredible. And in fact, Solomon went down all these dead-end roads. He could go down any road he wanted. He tried parties. He tried fame. He tried money. He tried women. Here's what he says. To the man who pleases him, God gives wisdom and knowledge and happiness. So the kingdom of God this morning is about good things. Now, God didn't create us and free us to tread water, to fill space, to hang out till we die, to give us a ticket to go to heaven. God never freed us to do our thing. And yet, this morning, many Christians are doing just that, by living self-centered lives. i want to give you a little priority test. It won't take but a second, and you can just think about it. We're one month into the year. We already finished January. What, where, and who are you investing your time, your energy, your giftings, and your finances? In this last month, as you look at the month, we all have a certain amount of time and giftings and energy and money. Where have you invested it? If the answer is, well, I did all those things pretty much on pleasing me, then we have a problem. Because pleasing me instead of God will never bring me freedom. You see, if our focus is on self, we'll never be free to enjoy life, but it sounds exactly the opposite. Pastor Mark, I can't focus on God or somebody else because that'll never bring me freedom. Wrong. Seek God first and everything else fine. But we don't get it because every day in front of the two, boom, boom, self, 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 bye, bye, me, 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 all day long. Now, why did God create us then? How can this, how can this work out? How can I find his plan? And what does it do to please him? And Well, we find it out in Revelation chapter 4. In verses 11, it says this. You are worthy, O Lord, our God. To receive glory and honor and power, for you created everything, and it is for your pleasure that they were created. So what does that mean? It simply means this. Just as you're a parent, let's say your husband and wife get together and, and you have a child. That child is a product of you. And you love it when the children please you. And when they do good and all that, just, it's just part of you. It, it's something in you that goes, wow. Well, God created every one of you, including me. We're his kids. We're uniquely gifted. He loves us. And he gets pleasure from us. We were created to give God pleasure. You say, well, what's the deal with that? Well, you know what it is. As a parent, you love it when your kids do well. And so he wanted somebody to love him. That's what God did. Now... Here's the key. Since I'm created to give God pleasure, how do I bring him pleasure? How do I do that? Turn to John chapter 15. You're there. Scoot on down to verse 5. I'll give you the answer. How do I bring pleasure to God? And that means then pleasure to me and freedom to me. John 5, 15. Jesus says, I'm the vine. You are the branches. Let me give you the illustration. John chapter 15. You know it very well, but it's important. This is the vine. This could be the grapefruit tree or whatever. This is the branch. God is the one that orchestrates this. Jesus says, I'm the vine. You're the branch. There has to be a relationship of the branch to the vine to make it work. Now notice what he says. If a man remains, that word is the same word we used last week called hold. It means abide, hold, continues in. I'll read it with continue. If a man continues in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, by the way, you can do nothing. So if you're a Christian this morning, here's the vine. You have a living relationship. You're the branch. You have a living relationship with God. From that living relationship comes, what's it say? You read it? Fruit. There's a living relationship. And then Jesus says this, by the way, you sever that relationship, the branch isn't part of the vine anymore, how much fruit? Zero. You know that. If I brought a, if I brought a tree in here and in your backyard because of the hurricane, we had to clip a lot of our branches. You clip that branch off your grapefruit tree or orange tree or whatever and just set it in the ground. You come back three months and go, where's the fruit? Come on, where's the fruit? Well, there's no fruit because it's not connected to the tree anymore. So it's a relationship. Do you get it? That's what Jesus is saying. You have to have a relationship with me. Well, Pastor Mark, I have a relationship. I come every Sunday and attach myself to the vine. No, it doesn't work like that. It's an ongoing relationship. See, it's not religion. It's a relationship. Verse 8. Look at verse 8. This is to my Father's glory. You can read it like this. This is how to please God. Oh, wait a minute. I'm go back. I was created to please God. Ooh, i got to read this first. This is to my Father's glory. This is how to please God. That you bear much fruit. Showing yourself to be my disciples. Skip on down to verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go, to go, By the way, to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. So let's go back for a moment. I was created uniquely by God. Every single one of you were. The purpose I was created is to bring glory and and pleasure to God. Well, how do I bring pleasure to God? Well, first of all, the only way to bring pleasure to God is to have a relationship with him. Well, Jesus is the vine. So I have to come to Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I have to come to Jesus. And, and I have to have a relationship with him. I have to be born again. That's what it means be saved. Be a Christian. It's not a religious thing. It's not, I'm, I'm a member. No, a member is useless. In a moment, at the end of the service, we'll take communion. It's not about taking communion. It's a vibrant living relationship. And if I have a living relationship with him, because of that relationship, because of all the, the nutrients and so forth that's going to come up in my life, I, I'll prove that I have a relationship with him because what's going to form out here? Fruit. We'll say, "Best Mark, I got this already, but fruit. What are, you, what are you saying? You know, people from California like fruits and nuts. That's what California's like. What do what do you mean by fruit? You're talking about Christmas fruit cake, like you like, and you know, with no, I'm not talking about that. What is fruit? Well, I'm going to show you in the Bible five categories of fruit. I need to write this down, and you'll not only write it down, but look in your own life and go, um, is that happening in my life? Here we go. First kind of fruit basically is the fruit of the spirit. It relates to my character. And the motivation for that is love. We'll talk about that more at the end. So the first thing that we'll be showing, if I have a real relationship with Christ, is I have that fruit of the spirit: love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, meekness, Those kind of things. We'll see that at the end. All motivated by by love. Not because, well, I gotta please God. No, you love to please God. Second, godly witness. If I'm related to Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 1 says, I'll be involved in winning souls, sharing the gospel, bringing people to Christ. That's fruit. Today, Pastor Mark reminded us that life is painful for
0: everyone, that some hurts are unavoidable. The point for us as Christ followers is to get to the place where we can forgive those who've hurt us, forget the hurts, and move forward in our lives. We need to remember that only God is able to do this. He will do this for us just like he did for Joseph if we're willing to let him.
1: The message you just heard is part of a series entitled Prison Break, Real Freedom from the Hurts of the Past. You can listen to more teaching from this series online at LessonsForLivingRadio.com as well as learn more about the church behind the ministry. We invite you to join us in person for our services at Calvary Chapel, Melbourne, taking place in locations reaching those in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. Find service times and directions to our campuses by clicking the CCM Church link at LessonsForLivingRadio.com.
0: Next time, Pastor Mark will continue the teaching Real Freedom in Action. We will begin to learn the importance of our relationship to God in the healing process and about God's willingness to use the painful experiences in our lives to make us more like Jesus. We will learn how God enabled Joseph to forget his past pain and to go forward into God's blessings. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series called Prison Break. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: In a hurry